0: We are in the stretch run of the regular season. You're into another episode of the ACC Basketball Degenerates podcast. I am your host, Luke Nier. Glad to be with you as always, folks. And I'm joined in studio by my good friend Guthrie Alexander, who is with us in the flesh for the first time. How many weeks? It's been a couple. Yes, yeah, first first time back in
1: uh in three weeks, I think.
0: So that means we're we're gonna go hard tonight. <laughs> we're gonna roll we're taping this on a Sunday. It is February twenty first. Roughly four games per team left in the regular season. And also on the line with us, on the hotline, Taylor Pilkington, our executive producer. He's also an editor at Virginia Living Magazine. Just in case you forgot that, Taylor.
2: You know when that hotline blame. Oh. That can only mean that I am on
0: the podcast yeah when you see the red light pop up right next to me which is the phone line i I know it's you i know it's your warm (laughs) voice there so all right gentlemen here is our order of business for this podcast all right we're going to take a look back at rivalry week you can say was rivalry week probably just because duke and north carolina played i don't know what other rivalry games are out there maybe pitt syracuse counts yeah that counts Old Big East foes now in our glorious conference known as the Atlantic Coast Conference. So we're going to review that first, and then we'll go on to the next order, which will be hate the player, not the game. What is the place of hate in college basketball? Because there's a lot out there and a lot concerning a certain player, and we'll get to him later. And then finally, we'll exit by giving some more predictions on double buys, who's the top four at the finish of the reg? And also play in games. <laughs> we'll try to sort that out. Um, <laughs> Boston College will be involved. And um, they're putting on quite the show tonight. And we'll also preview the final games in this weekend. Uh, what's ahead in the finale. So gentlemen, why not begin by tracking back to last Wednesday. Of course the 9 o'clock tip between Duke and North Carolina. And in Chapel Hill, the Blue Devils come from behind to steal one. I think you had to say steal one, wow. right? Yeah. Did amazing. we say steal? Amazing. It was amazing. Did you see the game? Amazing. Did Did you watch, Taylor? <laughs> yes, I did. Amazing. Well, here's here's what I'm going to say. Besides from the fact that I had Carolina in a three-team tease and all they needed to do was win, so that's probably the number one reason why they lost. But uh, let's get into the basketball side of why Carolina failed down the stretch. Well, uh, Three-point shooting, they went 1 of 13. And then against Miami, they shoot the lights out. They shoot around, I don't know, 60%. So can this team shoot? That's a real concern. That's a real question. Do we yeah. know? I uh, I think the Miami game was a mirage. I'm still sticking to the to the side or the corner that North Carolina is not a good shooting team. Taylor?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think they're a great shooting team either. And I think in the Miami game, actually, UNC dominated down low in a way that they really didn't in the Duke game. I know that they really cleaned up the offensive boards in the Duke game, but it was kind of, it, was, it almost came so easily to them that in the second, at the end of the game, I'll skip ahead to the end of the Duke game, everybody was saying, and it seems crazy to me, you know, why don't they throw it down low, just get it down low into the paint, plumbly with four fouls and attack, attack down low? That's where they're getting their points. Instead, they just started jacking up threes. Yeah. And I think it's a little it's a little, little bit of a mirage, like you were saying, because in the first half they were still shooting some of those jumpers, but they were getting such easy offensive rebounds that it seemed, it seemed much easier than it was. And, they, and Duke, to their credit, cut down on some of that in that last um, five minutes. Now, that doesn't also excuse the fact that they were just – I thought the shot selection of UNC was terrible um, – but also, I want to give Duke credit. Everybody, I feel like I heard the term hanging around, Because hanging around on you know, the broadcasters. Everybody was saying that over and over again. And really, I mean, we didn't get that far of a point differential between the two teams. So it was pretty close all the way through. So I don't know if it qualifies as hanging around. It was a close game. I don't want to take anything away from from Duke. I mean,
0: they, no, yeah, they won. Yeah. Yeah. They won
2: and they played with six guys the entire game. I mean, especially with Matt Jones calling well, out. Well,
0: Hold on now. All right. I, I want to squash this right now. Okay. The whole, the whole, let's pity Duke, those five brave men who've been forced to, <laughs> to play 60 minutes of basketball night in and night out. Well, you know what? It's, it's, their own fault. It's Krzyzewski's fault. He has 13 scholarships. Why not use them? Right. And also, use your bench. Instead of having this, we only have five players. Well, okay, Emile Jefferson's hurt, so great. You would have had six or seven with Matt Jones. That's, it's going to catch up to you eventually. It didn't catch up to him last year, but it's going to catch yeah. up eventually. I, don't, I think that's a terrible excuse, and I don't think we should be pitting Duke for this.
2: We had a rare Chase Jeter sighting in the UNC game. It's like seeing a like I feel like I'm watching Planet Earth, a rare bird of
0: paradise. I mean, why should that be a rare sighting if he was he was a five-star? Was he a burger boy? I think he was. I don't know. Uh, he uh, might have been. I'm not sure. We well, you know he's not that great at basketball yet. <laughs> I think yeah. you can say that. Yeah. But at the same time, maybe Krzyzewski should have played some played him in garbage time in the non-conference or garbage time in some of the early blowout ACC wins. I don't understand why. Well, I mean, he leaves his guys in and you know, sure, you're gonna blow some teams out, but why not just get him more experience? I don't understand, but that's me, Guthrie. No, I mean it's a it's a good point.
1: Um like their their depth has been an issue all year and the injuries to Emile Jefferson and now Matt Jones are not helping. Um it does it does like it's just interesting that Coach K always seems to have that kind of team. Like he has you know, he recruits well and he gets the talent but it just sits on the bench sometimes because they're either not ready or they're not um, I don't know they're just not going to perform at the level that he he wants them to I don't know I don't know why that's that like that is the case especially
0: this year if you want to play five to six men that's fine there's nothing wrong with that just I mean don't make an excuse out of it yeah uh, let's talk Duke tournament potential this reeks of a year where Duke Has an early exit, like the Jabari and Rodney Hood year where they lost to Mercer, or or maybe the Austin Rivers year where they went out early. It just reeks of that. Well, I mean, Taylor,
2: yeah. Uh, Yeah, I, I would say one of the things that makes me suspicious of every time, even when Duke wins a game like this, is that their points just seem to come so in such difficult situations. You know, they hit contested, floaters. I mean think about think about the game winner against TVA, right? It was a possibly a travel, but certainly a very awkward looking shot. Mm, against, definitely
1: a travel, but yes. Against
2: the, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Against the guy who was com- he was completely I mean Allen was completely covered up on that shot. It wasn't they didn't get an open look. You know, they didn't they didn't set a screen and and get a, somebody in the corner wide open. And that's the kind of points they've scored. And to their credit, they've been scoring some pretty tough looks. But you know, UNC, on the other hand, was scoring their points on just incredibly easy transition baskets, open looks, putbacks where like, nobody was close to Bryce Johnson. Um, so I just think that that's gonna, that is going to catch up with Duke. I mean, they, they can't, you can't continue to be incredibly efficient when all your looks are, are that high
0: degree of difficulty shots. Back to the North Carolina Duke finish. I don't care if it was a timeout or not. I think that's a little bit of an overrated discussion in retrospect. But why is Joe Barry initiating the final shot there? Guff. Uh, yeah, it was a that's for 15 that game. yeah.
1: No, I mean it's a it's a really good <laughs> really Hero good Ball? question. Well, it's funny <laughs> he has because seniors on the team. <laughs> well, so if I'm re- remembering the final final possession correctly, he he tried to work it around a little bit. He like didn't he make a pass to the wing to Marcus Page, who just quickly shoveled it right back to Barry. He, like, didn't want anything to do with the ball. Like, why... Marcus Page was pretty much absent from from the game in the second half.
0: Yeah, that's been a story. Well, he used to be really a crunch time much, king.
2: Yeah. They didn't really have much movement off the ball on that last play, or really, you know, near the end of the game. The Their post players were just sitting covered up on the post with no movement, and the, yeah. the wings were kind of just standing on the wings. There was no action or anything. And didn't Roy Williams say that in retrospect, he felt like he made a mistake not calling a timeout. He's just he co- he's covering
0: that? for his players. It's yeah. fine. It's what okay. coaches do. Yeah. I don't think it was a horrible decision. No, I don't, I don't think
2: so either, and that's his hallmark to not call timeouts. right? That's, he's made his name yeah. on that. Yeah, oh. I mean,
0: He's
1: won two national
0: championships not calling timeouts, so why change now? <laughs> but, yeah, I mean... The, well, and also, the- what kind of play is he going to draw? I mean, I, I respect Roy's coaching and his recruiting, but I don't know if he's the biggest... At, out of bounds play. We're going to draw up a fantastic yeah. play for, for points. I just I haven't seen it.
1: What what is remarkable and we we talked about it before, but Bryce Johnson I think had two points in the last 10 minutes or something like that when uh after Plumlee came back in with four fouls. Like if the if they could have drawn up a play, it would have been for Bryce Johnson to get it on the block. Like
2: Right. I, I, he had two of his 29 points in the last what ten minutes or something? Yeah. yeah. How, much did, everyone, how much did that everyone team put on tell him? you he had double double? You know, he had a double, double 14 minutes into the first half or something
1: like that. Yeah. I don't. yeah. It was the first half was was pretty great if you were a UNC fan. Like they, they were up they were up by like thirteen or fourteen at one point. Maybe it, it was. It, it looked like it was almost going to get out of control, but Duke hung in there.
0: <laughs> Courageous but, effort. Yeah. How much yeah. did he put on Bryce Johnson for not getting the ball late? I mean he can talk to his teammates. Uh, yeah, but he can so, talk to them. He I, can get I mean he can demand the ball. He can go to Joe Barry and say, "Listen, I'm touching at this possession." Like it or not. He can do that. Yeah, no, absolutely. He's the best player on the team. Absolutely. It, arguably the best par- player in the ACC and he's a senior.
1: I do think I think Taylor was talking about this earlier. I think we have to give Duke some credit on defense. They were doing a really good job of forcing the bigs in uncomfortable positions to receive the ball and like they would either they would either catch it like so far away that they would just have to either try and repost or just pass away because there was nothing there. But um it it is a good point. Like at some point you have to if you are Bryce Johnson, you have to demand the ball in the post. You should be able to score on Duke. Every team should be yeah. able to score on Duke. I can't Especially, I can too
2: much on him. I understand what you're saying, but um I don't know. I, part, I also think just I mean, Duke did throw a couple zone looks. They went with both your standard 2-3 zone, and they even went with a 1-3-1 one, one zone for yeah. part of the game. Mm-hmm. And it affected UNC, and it didn't affect them, in that they were still got such easy transition looks that the zone was kind of a non-factor at those points. But when UNC was forced to um, go into a half-court offense, and in the first half they almost were never had to run full sets in the half-court offense, but when they were, I thought that they seemed, whether it was coming too easy in transition or you know they were just dominating the offensive boards, they didn't really have to concern, concern themselves with it. I thought that they looked a little bit sloppy and a little bit you know not... They didn't look as composed as they should in full half-court set.
0: All right, we're going to wrap up Duke-UNC with this question, my favorite of the day. It's the only thing I've got. <laughs> my only nugget today. Percentage chance North Carolina wins at Duke on March 5th, final game of the season. I'll wow. start. Go ahead. Seventy two percent.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's pretty high. I'll I'll
0: go man, I'll go I'll go seventy three. <laughs> oh, okay, wow. okay, price
1: is right. Uh yeah, wow, right. all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna say there's a thirty percent chance. They win? Thirty percent chance North Carolina wins. Wow. Wow you know Did what? you realize did you realize in the past fourteen meetings that Duke has won eleven?
0: Yeah, but who cares?
1: Like wow. I, I those, had those not realized. Those players were playing back in 2008. True, true, and this is like a pretty much all you know young
0: Duke players. You know what year so. this? You know what the corollary year to this is? The Rivers year, oh, where yeah. he won one of the buzzer, uh, and then I, tur- people, I No, no, no. People kept bringing up the
2: Rivers game too, and I did yeah. not. I honestly did not feel like the Rivers game to me. Well,
0: okay, fine, but you know what? I remember what I was at my brother's house, and I said, so "Let's turn on the uh, the finale between Duke and North Carolina at Cameron that year." And I turned on the game. I heard it loud, and then I looked at the score, and it was nineteen to two. North Carolina was ahead. Yeah, I, I just feel that's going to happen. Yeah, it could. Uh, it could. Maybe Roy. Maybe I'm overrating Roy... North Carolina or underrating Duke. Maybe a little bit of both, but that's, that's still a ways off. All right, guys. Next on the docket: North Carolina storms back to beat Miami. Miami, they didn't get off the plane. They didn't get dressed. They didn't step on the floor. The worst performance, maybe. By a real ACC team this year. Agree uh, or disagree?
2: A real ACC team.
0: Well, uh, an upper echelon ACC team.
2: Right. Um, I don't know about the worst, but it certainly was not anything impressive.
0: Well, What would be worse, Louisville at home against Virginia?
2: Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah maybe.
0: Miami they were was down, down by 30. 40. They were down by 40 at one point. They were down 40? Wow, okay. Yeah. I know, uh, I know yeah, had it
2: got up to It got up to maybe high 30s, yeah.
1: It hit 40. Hmm. my you, eyes. I, I mean, I, I turned it off. I turned it off at one point. I was like, "Wow, goodbye, money. I'm not, not seeing yeah. you again." <laughs> I would
2: I say every every single North Carolina player had an offensive rating in this game, offensive efficiency rating of above 110 uh, points, according to Kim Palm. I,
0: I don't know. Um, I, I don't know what happened to, there, to yeah. Vegas, Vegas. Mike is not with us tonight, but I don't know what happened to his first team boy, Tanya jagiri He just didn't yeah. like he was. Didn't look like he was performing on a first team level for Mike, which is unfortunate. Because I actually wanted to see a nice game, but I mean, I I think part of it was not his
2: <laughs> his fault. He was getting he was getting little hook shots, you know, over him <laughs> by Isaiah Hicks, which is not someone I associate with an incredibly soft touch, like a, a soft turnaround hook, like mm. from the from the extended block. And I saw that multiple times just over Ja'Kiri. And Ja'Kiri had a good position um, against that. But it just it just seemed like UNC was not going to be stopped. They weren't going to lose two home games in a row.
0: True. But I thought there was a chance they wouldn't cover. A small chance. What was it, eight?
2: Yeah, that's a lot of points.
0: Yeah, no, I was, I was definitely... Intrigued by, by the line. I don't want to spend too much time breaking this down because it was just an absolute perfect storm. And right. so here's another corollary I'm going to pull up. Do you remember when Louisville got waxed by Virginia? They turned around on Big Monday and they beat North Carolina. That means I think Miami's going to turn around and really give Virginia a game tomorrow.
2: I just yeah, think, I think that the happens.
0: They haven't lost at home in the ACC. Miami is a horrible road team. So I don't. I'm not gonna trust them in the tournament. Just a um, piece of advice for listeners: should you want to follow that, I, I wouldn't trust right. Miami in the tournament. So do what do we do? You want to go UVA Miami now, or do you want to go to uh, Louisville Duke? We keep we can keep rehashing. We'll get to we'll get to the previous later. But Louisville defeats Duke, and to come from behind second half effort. Certainly the game that got the most press during the course of the college basketball Saturday. And it was right. constantly popping up on highlights or look-ins, whatever game you were watching. Guthrie and I were watching a lot of games, a lot of meaningless games like Kentucky, Texas A&M, and eventually got to Gonzaga and St. Mary's, and that was just a a dark time. But yeah, back to Louisville (sighs) defeating Duke. Um, I thought Duke plus seven was a great play, and I went for it. Ended up pushing, but still felt like they were in control for the majority of that game. And then it got physical, as Krzyzewski said. But what do you expect down there? Should shouldn't you expect yeah. that, Taylor? Yeah, I
2: think you should definitely expect that. And it's I mean, I it's not like Duke is going into this with their eyes open. They understand and certainly they have their share of physical play themselves.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yes they do. <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I thought the big difference for them was um Brandon Ingram. Almost had who, a double double.
1: <laughs> yeah, he was he was two points away.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, at the beginning of the season, he looked lost, and he looked, you know, like a true freshman, and then he's grown into, obviously, a big threat, and he looks great, Um, and in this game, uh, he did not, he he kind of, if he seemed to have an off game, he was bothered by um, Louisville's defense. I thought Louisville forced him to handle the ball further away from the basket more than he is used to, and I mean, I guess he's used to handling the ball, but they forced him to handle the ball under duress and and really be a primary ball handler, really, in certain possessions. It it, it bothered him.
0: They're the best defense in the league. Right. Still are. Have been since day one.
2: Yeah, let's not forget about that. Their defense is is no joke.
0: Yeah, it's stellar. I mean, uh, we can pull up their last few games. I'll do that momentarily. But while I'm doing that and looking at point totals they've allowed, which is even minimal in the losses, why don't you guys talk about the elbow fest that happened about, I don't know, Oh. Way through the second half.
1: Yeah, so that that loose ball between Grayson Allen and Jalen Johnson is that his name, Jalen Johnson? Right. Um, so what what happened? Like the the ref blew the whistle, blew it dead, and then it looked like they were still scuffling for it.
0: And Allen throws an elbow on the floor. Allen throws an elbow on the floor, which, which you will not hear yeah, unless you were listening to. Does a he throw an elbow
2: on the floor? Was it intentional? Was he just? Going for the ball. Come on Taylor, Taylor. It, it I'm might, here to raise these questions. Yeah, these it questions.
1: might have been unintentional, but the whistle was blown. He he got Jalen Johnson in the face pretty good. He jerked hard. Yeah, and then and then you know, understandably, Jalen Johnson maybe a little upset probably shouldn't have done what he did. <laughs> no, but,
0: but, well, listen, I like the call. I mean, I think it was a fine call just giving yeah. Jalen Johnson a technical, if that's who it was. It was Jalen Johnson, right?
1: I'm pretty right. sure. I'm yeah, pretty sure. Was, and so yeah, but, the other thing, he just stood up and like towered over Grayson Allen and like
0: clearly and, was being extremely aggressive. So something, right. listen, something was intentional. it was the right call. Just give one technical to Jalen Johnson, but let's not la- act like Grayson Allen's some victim. Right. Oh, yeah. Let's not act like yeah. that. <laughs> if you watch the tape, you know what happened. And obviously, the guy who does it more blatantly and is the retaliator is going to get called. But let's not act like Grayson's uh, an angel.
2: Um, I think that's something you hear every you know middle school coach say. Oh, it's always the guy who retaliates. That's why you don't retaliate. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Called that in middle school. Yeah,
0: I'm basketball. sorry for dropping this down to a middle school level right here. Right. On our well, podcast. I mean,
2: for us, that's really an elevation. We're coming up to
0: middle school. level. All right. Louisville has conceded the past few games 64 to Duke, 58 to Syracuse. Let's see, 71 to Notre Dame, 72 to Duke. Those are not good. 47 to Boston College, 65 to North Carolina, and then 63 to Virginia. Still not bad, considering they went just a game over 500 in that seven game stretch. So that trend has continued throughout the year. Anything else here?
2: That was a murderer's row for them right there. You know, of. of teams they're playing,
1: yeah, definitely.
2: And um, I'll say, with the exception of Virginia, you know, at the end of January, every single game they've lost this season has been an away game. Every mm-hmm. single game they've lost this season has been an away game. I mean they they don't lose at home, with the exception of that one game, and their defense just seems to take on an extra an extra level in the in the Yum Center.
0: Okay, next question. Next topic. New teams. Let's get into the rest of the league. More, Which is more unacceptable, Clemson losing to NC State or Florida State losing to Virginia Tech? These are two oh. teams trying to get into the tournament.
2: I'm, I'm so disappointed in both those losses. Yeah. And yet not surprised, I'll say. No. no. The I, Virgi- I, I'll, yeah, I'll start with the Virginia Tech-FSU game. I think that was... I, for me, that was more of a surprise. You know, I like... I don't think Virginia Tech is as bad as people... Um,
0: no, you're right.
2: out to me. I think they're pretty good. Is there a but more I'm...
0: untrustworthy team than Florida State in the league?
2: Right. Oh, than Florida State, no. Yeah.
0: You cannot bet on this team, ever. I forbid listeners to do it.
2: It's one of those, it's one of those teams where they have the talent to stay with anybody, but they also, um, they also make enough mistakes that... Uh, they can lose to anybody. I mean, they were in control of this game, you know, up solid, I don't know, five or six points for most of the game. And then uh, down the stretch in the last really like four minutes, Virginia Tech um, was able to force them to take some contested threes. And then two possessions in a row, They what really stood out to me, Virginia Tech made the extra pass just swinging it along the three-point perimeter. And got Robinson wide open um, in the corner, mm. uh, I believe it was Robinson, but got two wide open three pointers in the corner, you know just the exact same play on consecutive possessions and and Florida State missed the rotation both times, and it was an immediate six point swing, um, and that just encapsulated everything about Florida state that will just miss they 'll miss assignments and they won't pick guys up. They won't stop the ball in transition, and um, it comes back to hurt them.
0: And we have to stop pretending that this team at home is is a good idea to go with because they've lost to Georgia Tech at home, they've lost to Miami at home, and they have lost to Pitt at home.
2: We we were very high on Florida State. Oh,
0: uh, yeah. I was, yeah. Why do we do that? They've lost four in a row. (laughs) What was wrong with us back in November? What are we thinking?
1: Well— They have turned out to be pretty atrocious. I'm also starting
0: to worry about our good friend Leonard. I don't know if he's lost a step. How old is he? He's got to be getting up there.
2: Do you think that he is on the hot seat? um, No. Coming down down the pike here. Who are you going to get? I don't know, but he seems to always uh, get a good recruiting class. So I think that he is, is pretty set at Florida State for now.
0: But well, they're going to get drubbed at Duke, and that's we'll preview that game momentarily. Uh, enough on Florida State, because I'm still disappointed in them. Clemson, not a tournament team. It's not going to Not happen. a tournament team, is that you said? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean... I made my peace with it. Yeah, I, last week we were talking about Clemson as a tournament team. They were 15-10. and 10. They're 16-11 and 11 now. Uh, I mean, they've lost to Virginia Tech and NC State. On the road, yeah, um, yeah. I, I just don't see. They turn in some really great games, and they have some good performances, but I don't. Um, I don't know. I don't see them as a high level tournament team.
0: All right, we got to take. We're gonna step aside momentarily because we're gonna have a word from our sponsors. The ACC Basketball Degenerates Podcast is sponsored by Three Notched Brewing. Named after a colonial-era trail running through central Virginia, Three Notched Brewery develops innovative beers around bold characters that left their mark on American history. Characters like Thomas Jefferson, Jack Jewett, and Patrick Henry. Three Notched beers can be found at fine grocers everywhere and at the tasting rooms in Charlottesville and Harrisonburg, Virginia. Three Notched Brewing leave your mark. All right, guys, back to the basketball talk. We're going into... Our next segment, which will be as mentioned in our open, hate the player, not the game. What is the place of hate in college basketball? Do we need villains? We certainly have them. Polarizing figures. Um, this year, it's Grayson Allen, and I don't know if that ESPN article about him in that role elevated that or ballooned it. But uh, Grayson Allen, he trips the he trips Spalding. Did he throw an elbow? Um, he whines. He got teed up for cussing out the ref. Uh, do you guys care about this? Does this matter at all? That's yeah. a real question. Does yeah, it matter? Definitely. Go three. Definitely. It adds.
1: It adds drama. It adds emotion. It adds some something. Something. Uh, you know. Something <laughs> deeper than just like numbers on a stat sheet.
2: Here's something I think about as someone who. Did not attend college at an ACC school um, do you need to hate someone or another team to really experience the, the the best level of fandom to be a true fan? Do you have to hate your rival yeah
0: yeah
1: yeah i think I think the answer is absolutely <laughs> yeah. yes gosh when you when you said that the image that popped in my mind have you seen the video or gif of uh when Marshall Henderson on Old Miss was playing at Auburn, of course, and he just made this like game winning shot or right. it was like a really big three at the end, and, and he took he,
0: his jersey like he was a Marty girl you know? well he ran over
1: to he ran over yeah. to the auburn uh student section and started you know showing his jersey like and pump, pumping his his fist and, and uh and you know celebrating even, and they and they were not happy like
2: see, that even is with hatred that, I, even with that, I think of that as. I mean Auburn and Ole Miss are not traditional big basketball rivalries. Yeah. It doesn't take on the historical aspect that a UNC Duke game does or, you know, what everybody in Maryland or it used to be. I, I don't know. I just I always also think that um you know how everybody chants not our rival whether it's to NC State or Maryland whoever you chant. Yeah, not or, our rival. Or, or Virginia like yeah. Virginia, or Virginia doesn't yeah, have a rival. They have right. rival. I, I always thought the the idea that that could be the deepest insult, not that you know, we hate you, but that we are just disinterested in you, was very telling about, um, about where college basketball fandom is coming from. And let's be honest, we have to admit, Duke certainly has to, can we all agree that they take the most hate from almost all, not only ACC fan bases, but emojis. You know, just- well,
0: when you're tripping players and you know sweeping legs, and that turns into a trend. It makes sense that The teams will eventually start to despise you. Yeah. 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 I mean, honestly, so trying to be
1: objective, I mean, probably the main reason why they're the most hated team is they knock so many other teams out of the tournament every year. I
0: mean, they have success. Sure. Or they're tough to beat at home.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it doesn't help that their players, you know, have these attitudes that Coach K has this attitude in his post-game pressers where he likes to you know, be sour grapes well, and okay. not, not be a generous
2: yeah. winner. Winning at all costs loser, and it's up against the world.
0: Yeah, and uh, gracious winning but sour grapes losing. Yeah, I've talked to mul- exactly. multiple players from the past of, of different ACC teams and the two names that come up the most about their most despised players Danny Ferry and Wojo. Mm. Wow, Wojo, Wojo, I could definitely now this understand. Is,
2: this is from the players' perspective. The players,
0: yeah, multiple players, different ACC teams, yeah.
2: Do you think that the the players themselves the rivalries have gotten a little less contentious in this era of one and done where people don't stay at school as long, you know? I yeah, mean,
0: Yeah, I do think so. I think that's a good point. They used to
2: play against each other for 4 years. Now they play against each other for 1 year and like
0: mm-hmm. that. NC State has turned into just the the B rival for I guess Duke at North Carolina. They're like, Oh, there's NC State, there's our B rival. I mean and they haven't been good recently, so that doesn't really help. And they've had I, a terrible record against both of those teams over the past decade, so yeah. I seem that. to
2: think of this like from a historical perspective, and of course you can't mention that Duke without talking about Leitner and the stomp for Kentucky. Of course it's Oh yeah. You know, I, I feel like everybody that's the that's the touchstone, but I <laughs> I think of um, Lauren Michaels. What he said about Saturday Night Live. He said he can identify anyone's age by talking to them and asking them what SNL cast they think is the best or what the when the Golden Age was. And depending on the time that they pick, you know what cast they pick, he knows that that's when they were in high school or something like that. And that's how he knows how old they are. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like if you ask somebody, oh, what. It, it works so well for like Duke. Like, what Duke player? What's, you, yeah, what's your JJ most hated Reddick? Duke player? Was <laughs> it, who was it? Who's the most hated Duke player? You can pick. Okay, those are the four years. Was it Greg Paulus? Was it That's your time. That's like you can pinpoint how old someone is. Yeah.
0: From, JJ Reddick.
2: I'm I'm developing a theory for this.
0: Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, last question before we we go into some of the most despised players that we've witnessed over the years. Mm. Are the Big East rivalries a little bit have they died down? Ever since those teams joined the ACC, I think they have. I mean, you don't see the camera crews going nuts over Pitt-Syracuse anymore. You just, I don't know. What do you guys I've think? I Notre Dame-Syracuse-Notre Dame-Pitts. It just doesn't feel like an event at all. Am I yeah, crazy? Well,
2: Syracuse was always, always had Georgetown, and now that's yeah, kind right. of a like out. But um, I do have, This is Maybe this is a feeling of an outsider, and I'm not you know, reading it right, but I always have felt that Syracuse and Pitt have kind of a a level of rivalry. Sure. Extra extra level now that they've joined the ACC. You know, they both came from kind of the same place to now join the ACC. And And they feel a little they're outliers geographically, you know, I don't
0: know. They've had good games ever since joining the ACC. It's been a back and forth type of...
2: Maybe uh, some of of our listeners who are Syracuse and Pitt fans, tell us.
0: Okay. We've got to move on to most hated players. Let's just rattle them off. Guthrie, um, what comes to mind? Most hated ACC players. Just start. Let's, uh, let's, let's
1: not. What's let's John Henson? Is is
0: yeah. Let's go. Top round. of top
1: of my list. I think.
0: Okay, so you start there, but Taylor has to give a player from a different team, and then I have to give a player from a different team, and we'll see how long we can go about. this. Wow. Okay. okay. All oh
2: right. wow! I don't know if I can do this. I think we established last week that I'm a.
0: You only hate North Carolina players? No, you don't. Stop.
2: No, no. I think we established last week. I'm so positive that I feel. Um, <laughs> I'm going to um, steal Duke, but I just want to go deep Cuts here. I'm going to go with um, Cherokee Parks.
0: Wow, what a terrible answer. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go NC State and say Archie Miller. Oh, wow. And I know some folks out there can holler at me for that one. Mm, Come on. Yeah. Come on now. Guthrie,
1: you're um, next. I'm going to say Chris Paul Wake Forest.
0: What? Yeah. No. Yeah. Do you remember? How, how could you? Why? why do you was remember? He was a hero. Do you remember? Duke was trying to like, Duke put out a hitman for him. Multiple yeah. hitmen. Well,
1: okay. I, I'm I'm trying to, you know, think outside the box. Okay. I will I will say, do you remember ACC tournament where he punched Julius Hodges in the balls? Because I do.
0: Hmm. Julius I Hodges that. was on my list, but I know I guess, yes. I, guess I have yes. to. <laughs> he
1: might have deserved it, but, but yeah, no, that's. That was kind of my reasoning, I think. All right, Taylor, you're next.
2: Uh, this is, this is going to be a weird one, and he's since left the ACC. Um, but for some reason, I never, uh, I never seemed to get behind Dorian Finney-Smith when he was at Virginia Tech. Mm. Yeah, and I, don't I can't explain why. I, no, I have no other reason. I feel like if I met him walking down the street, I feel like we would get along fine. But um,
0: when I saw him on the basketball court, I just could not root for him. Okay, I'm next. You know what? Uh, Tracking back through the annals of watching ACC basketball, you know, before you could watch every game on ESPN practically, you used to have to watch on, you know, Raycom. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And Mike Hogwood would always hype up these random players who were not good, and that made me hate them so much. (laughs) So I'm going to go Georgia Tech and say, Sean Fine was a player I could not stand. That's another one. Alright, that's an wow. obscure one, but get through you next. Okay. okay. Keep going. Rapid what fire. What right. do
2: we have left? What teams All right, do we have So left? I'm
1: I g- I'm gonna I'm gonna go up to Syracuse. Um I so honestly I don't really know Syracuse basketball that well, but on their current team, I think Trevor Cooney is deserving of
2: Oh some yeah, some, some mean, dislike. You can see that.
1: But I mean, I don't know. I don't have too much bad. Stuff to say about Syracuse, honestly.
2: Yeah,
0: Taylor, you're next.
2: I think I th- might be tapped out here. What's that? I might be tapped out. I did not prepare a list in advance. Well,
0: this this will really test your knowledge on the spot. Do you want us to name the team for you?
2: Oh sure, give me give me a team here. Actually, yeah. um, okay. you know who? Let me throw it at you. It's a little. I I don't know what year this was. Maybe in the um 2010. 2011 season, from Florida State, um, from Lithuania, uh, Dolkies. How did you, how did Oh, you David is thing?
0: Dolkies. Yes. It's not a bad call. Uh,
2: he's, he just, he was good, but he just seemed to infuriate me.
1: Hmm. What about Okaro
0: White? Oh, that's oh, I, a good one. Yeah, I always
2: liked Okaro White. I what? Was always, I always liked him. Yeah.
0: Oh my gosh! All right, dude. Speaking <laughs> of Lithuanians, how about Darius Singala? I know Wake has already been used, uh, but that's yeah. not somebody I would throw out. Uh, I'm gonna go to BC for the next one. Uh, as we we still got, we'll, we'll do like one more round of this. Okay, so yeah. uh, we'll get around to Taylor because Taylor's that. all gassed out. Um, Jared Dudley, I'm sorry. I didn't mm. like him in college. Mm. I like him as a pro, but it rubbed me the wrong way. That's a good one, Jared Dudley. That's a
1: good one. Okay, sorry, so BC I'm gonna, fans. sorry. I'm gonna go old ACC Maryland, Who, I mean, there there are too many to choose from. But <laughs> in recent memory, Grievous Vasquez. Like <laughs>
0: how, how great? That's a how, fantastic. How choice. can you,
1: like he he is like the epitome of of hated. Oh.
2: Just awful.
0: Hey, Taylor, awful. I, that's that's might be the best call of the day. Yeah, uh, T- Taylor, finally, uh, wrap up with a Virginia hated player.
2: Oh my gosh! Oh, you can't I know do this it. is gonna hurt Guthrie when I say this. I I might hurt his feelings.
0: Um, Lars McAlaskus.
2: I, yeah, it might be, It might be Lars.
0: Yeah. All right.
1: Uh, I mean, so so the thing is, Virginia was so mediocre, like
0: for a long stretch of time. We, we listed a lot of mediocre teams.
2: Yeah, <laughs> so were so many people.
0: Yeah. We went to Georgia Tech back <laughs> before the um before the Jared Jack years. So, I mean, all right, that's good yeah. enough for hated players. But
2: ultimately, I'd like to think that even from the deepest, and I know you'll never get some people to admit this, but from the deepest level of like rivalry, hate, if it's UNC, Duke, whatever, at some level, there's some sort of grudging acknowledgment that if you are worth this sort of emotion, that's that's worth some sort of deep grudging respect on some level. And
0: even if yeah, fair you enough. know,
2: e- even the people who I hope will get people who send us emails who say you're wrong. I've always hated Christian Leitner, and you know that hate knows no bounds. It's a, it's a deep, all all consuming hate. Well, I love but, Archie
0: Miller. I can't wait right, for that one. That's coming.
2: But I but I've always I always <laughs> think that you know that in a, in a certain way there's some sort of connection with uh, th- that, those sort of fan bases and that intensity of emotion.
0: I just couldn't stand people who Mike Hogwood would uh, built up. That was that was really my bottom so really, you take Mike Hogg. Yeah, okay, well, okay, uh, we also left off a few names, let's think. Uh, J.J. Reddick, Greg Paulus, Steve Wojcicki, Christian Leitner. Can we keep going? Uh, anybody else? Danny Barry. I'm a
2: huge theme to the list that you're <laughs> I just
0: had I had to wrap up because I didn't oh. want our listeners to think we were absolutely insane' and we're I feel just ignoring like you, some of those names, I feel like but you wanted to say John Shire he's on the list probably he's on the list all right next segment guys let's just preview it's time to look ahead we're gonna get into who gets the four double buys and who's the dark horse in the ACC tournament I don't even know if there is one Who's peaking at the right time? Who's slumping? And whose schedule is most favorable? So why not begin with who will be the four double buys? I think we can come to a consensus that North Carolina is certainly one of them. Just say yes, guys. Yes, sir.
2: Yeah, I'll go with that.
0: I will go out and say that I think that Virginia will be another one of them. Yeah, I d- because I of tiebreakers. Yeah. Who's our next agree. one? I, I, do you trust Virginia that Miami have, team? Virginia
2: has a tough schedule. I will, you know, in the in the but they're playing the best basketball
0: thoughts. of anybody out there.
2: That's right. I, I agree with you, but I just I want to say that they do have, they have a tough schedule. But I, I agree. I think they'll be one of the double eyes.
0: I mean, I, I don't know if going to Clemson is as big of a thing as it was back in January. Right. So let's, let's look at the stretch run for Miami. All right, it's, it is okay. not easy. Yeah, it's Virginia uh, at home, Louisville at home, at Notre Dame, at Virginia Tech. Mm.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm going to say they're going right. to finish fifth. Honestly. I agree.
0: I have it's Notre Dame be, and Duke in there.
1: Yeah, I was going to say yeah, Duke. Duke's schedule down the stretch: home against Florida State, away at Pitt, home against Wake, home against North Carolina.
0: Yeah. So those are three very manageable. winnable
1: games, and then North Carolina.
0: Where you think they have a seventy percent chance of winning? <laughs> yeah. I do. Uh, well, they might win out, Guthrie. Yeah. Well, I mean,
2: look, let's look at Notre Dame's. Their last four games are at Wake, at Florida State. They get Miami at home, and then they get NC State at home. Now, those are also three very winnable games, and then they get Miami, the best of those teams, at home.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. I mean, I, could, I, I, I will say, last time I was on the podcast, I picked Notre Dame finished top four. And oh,
0: they looked great last night against Georgia Tech. Just <laughs> <out>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, touche. All right, no. who, who owns the tiebreaker if it's Miami and
2: and uh, Notre Dame?
0: Well, right now My, Miami won the first of the mm-hmm, meetings, right. but they'll mm-hmm. meet again, so it could split. So I don't know what happens then? then. What's the next? I don't know. I believe
2: it's the overall record, right? And that goes to Miami I again. So.
0: Right? yes?
2: So I Miami so. pretty much. They. It looks like I. I Listen. Those
0: teams are not tying for the title. They're not. So just forget about it.
2: Oh, not the title. but I'm saying. I think that it could come Time down for, for four. Double okay. buy. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Let's move I mean, on, guys.
2: I could, could easily decide to double buy for them. I think that's a big.
0: Next on the agenda: dark horse in the ACC tournament question mark. I think that question mark is the most important character of that sentence because I don't think any team outside of the top five has a chance of sniffing uh, an ACC tournament championship. I'm sorry. What I'm, about this, uh,
2: somebody who can make it further than expected?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, well, would you be surprised run. if Syracuse made the semis? I wouldn't.
2: I, w- I wouldn't, no. I wouldn't
0: be shocked about that. I mean, if Pitt got to the semis, yeah. I oh. Sure, you could talk me into that if I was – I don't think i don't that's know, If surprise. I had a few.
2: Let me, let me tell you my my surprise, 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 dark horse. Oh, I'm ready. Um, who I think I'll make a case for, and you can tell me I'm crazy. Don't say is, NC State. It's NC
0: State. Gosh. I just turned him down. It's just you and my, me now. We're the only uh, ones left here. NC State. All right, Taylor, you're back. I turned you back up.
2: <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I think they have the possibility. I'm not saying they're going to do it, but uh, they have the possibility.
0: Would you like to okay. bet mano a mano with me? NC State versus whoever they're playing on a game-to-game basis? Because I'll do that I, with you.
2: I don't because, I mean, I'm not that counting.
0: Well, you can, you might get Boston College in round one, so say, you'd already be ahead.
2: I was going to say, in the first round, they could get Boston College. Well, if
0: they do that, I'm not betting because that means I'm, there's and no so chance let's I'll just win.
2: Say, and then who would they pick up? Who do they get in the next? I don't know. They get... Um, mm,
0: Carolina, I don't know. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. They didn't, They wouldn't get there because they went to win two games to even get to the top teams. Right. So they play somebody like Pitt or
2: You don't think they can I mean they've already beat Pittsburgh in Pitt
0: fine Pitt. they play somebody like Georgia Tech, Clemson, you name it, Syracuse, Virginia Tech, maybe they're, they're not, They
2: they're They're their weak point is defense and They great have a lot of weak team. points. Uh, well, th- okay, they don't have I,
0: a weak point. There are many weak points.
2: I I trust their offense and I think that their offense can you know, I think their offense of the teams near the bottom of the table has the most potential for getting hot and, and turning on. I mean, they certainly have the ability to do that, score points. Um, and then all it takes is, you know, one team to have an all shooting night, to turn the ball over a little bit, to not be used to the, you know, the tournament, the neutral site rims, the neutral site, uh, you know, what it well, looks like behind and, the backboard.
0: They're 4-10 in the league. I just want to remind you of that.
2: I, I'm not arguing that they're gonna win the championship.
0: I just this I'll, is I'll my, call you Wednesday when they get bounced, okay?
2: This is my, my dark horse candidate to make it to make it a little further than you would think.
0: All right, Guthrie. Do you have one? I yeah. don't have one.
1: My my dark horse is the Clemson Tigers. I think that they've proven that they can play with the best teams. It's been a little while since they went on that little that streak in the in early January, I think it was. Um, where they won a bunch of games at home, but yeah, I mean, maybe maybe they can figure some stuff out on offense and their defense Blossom can game. step it up.
2: Boston game, don't forget about him.
1: I mean, he's he's terrific. He should definitely be in the consideration for some some accolades. Yeah, I, I, I think one I, of the team. things you
2: should one of the things I think about one of the things I like in C State too is in tournament don't go back and, to NC State. Okay, but I, I'll <laughs> We're go done here. To in tournament games if you have one player on the court who's capable of taking the game over, that can be enough to power you through tournament situations. And if you're Clemson, you have Blossom game, maybe some people would say you have Jordan Roper who could also take that role. I mean, and that's... I can see that happening. I I don't
0: know if taking 27 shots constitutes taking over a game.
2: Well, if you make enough of those 27 shots... Uh,
0: What does he need to make? 40%? (laughs) Taking over. (laughs) Okay, my team is Syracuse. That's what I'm going for because back to back games, no rest, zone and three point shooting. I think that's the best formula for a team to get hot and make a charge. Oh, so that's there smart. we go.
2: Back to back games with the zone. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. Who's peaking at the right time? We got a few more of these and then we'll preview. And besides from Virginia, who's peaking at the right time? Oh. Duke, honestly. Like I hate sure. saying it, sure. but
1: Duke.
2: Yeah, why not? Even with that, yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah,
2: even as they seem to pick up even more and more injuries.
1: Yeah, I don't know how serious the Matt Jones thing is because it because like everyone was talking about how he's going to play in the Louisville game, but
0: yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't, is Notre Dame still peaking even after losing last night? I think you could argue they are.
2: Yeah, I mean, I yeah, think that was an away. Well. That was an away game.
1: I mean, Virginia lost there.
2: It's, another, it's a tough place to play. Uh, I mean, another team that loses on the road. They've lost one game that wasn't away or neutral state this entire season. The one they've had one home loss this entire season. So is, is another Bo-
0: team. Is Boston College peaking at the right time?
2: Hmm. Unfortunately, no. Yeah, I think I, th- I think later this later this year we should have a special segment about. Um, and one of our listeners suggested this. We should we'll have a segment about. How we
0: rebuild Boston College? Yeah, how
2: we rebuild Boston I College like in the future?
0: Well, I, mean, I said hire Al Skinner back. That's my number one bullet points. But we'll get to that maybe, maybe in the off season if we're still doing this. Okay, who is slumping right now? My choice would be Clemson.
2: Yeah, Clemson. Clemson has disappeared from their previous form. And I, I would also say Florida um, State, Pittsburgh,
0: Florida State. Sure. I would
2: say Pitt, even though they they beat Syracuse. I would say Pitt.
0: Yeah.
1: I would say, yeah, Pittsburgh was came came to mind first. They had great a great opportunity. The Pat like I don't know two weeks ago. Virginia at home, traveled to Miami, traveled to North Carolina, laid an egg on all
2: three.
0: All right, last question.
2: Yeah, their next two games are Louisville and Duke, which certainly doesn't. It's it's a tough uphill battle to get back on the horse with them.
0: Yeah, definitely. Last question: Who has the most favorable schedule down the stretch? I think we can have a consensus answer that Notre Dame certainly has one for one of your top-tier contenders. Yeah. For some yeah, of the definitely. mid-table teams. I don't know. Does Virginia? I feel like Virginia Tech has a decent schedule to close. I'm going to look that up right now, though. could be wrong there.
2: Yeah, they do. I mean, they, they'll get Pitt and Miami are their two tough games, but they'll, they have both those games at home.
0: Mm-hmm. And then they're at Wake, and then they're at BC, which is always nice. Those are like yeah. the ideal road games you want to play down the stretch. At BC next, and then at Wake.
1: Okay. And I think I mentioned Duke's Duke's schedule down the stretch is is yeah. very very
0: favorable. All right, guys, I like it. Let's let's look ahead. Let's predict. Let's guess lines tomorrow. This is how we're gonna wrap up the podcast. So we'll give some some more gambling tips. Even though Guthrie and I just got <laughs> demolished yesterday, I don't even <laughs> want to think about slips. Yeah, I and... I I've, I've, I've blacked it out already. Yeah, it's we have to do it though. I have to try. So since well, Guthrie and I are broke, and we're probably not going to be wagering ever again. Well, that's not true until next week. E- except until <laughs> until, until the tomorrow. ACC tournament. <laughs> this is why. This is when we're going to be the sharpest. When we don't have anything on the line, it's all hypothetical. Whenever it's all hypothetical, we always do well. So tomorrow, Miami and Virginia opened up as the Canes as a one point favorite. Then it went to Virginia as a one point favorite. I think it is settled there, unless I haven't checked refreshed. Is that's that right? What I
2: think. That's what I have. I think so, yes.
0: Well, my favorite answer to any question is this is a stay away, but you guys go ahead and have a crack at it.
2: Uh, well, it's in Coral Gables, which I know that.
0: They have uh, not lost in the ACC there.
2: That's right. Yeah. Road wins are tough to come by in the ACC. I mean, when we, we have said in, in past episodes that a home game is worth like six points, I think really home games in conference play in uh in a c c r like more like eight points It's an eight point swing that being said i think luke i'm gonna go with you you virginia is playing great basketball right now um and miami's coming off a pretty quick turnaround and i I'll take Virginia giving up one point here
0: okay
1: yeah i uh i i think virginia's playing exceptionally well um it's it's been a great a great run for Wahoo fans the past few games except for of You're course the end of myself included <laughs> except watching. for the end of the Duke game, but <laughs> but uh, I think I it's gonna be it's gonna be an exceptionally difficult game uh, in in Coral Gables, Miami Miami is. Gonna circle them wagons.
0: Yeah, they, Jim's they, gonna have a
1: talk. He's yeah. no longer
0: naying in the locker room anymore. <laughs> I think those days have been long gone.
1: Yeah, I, so I actually I like Miami. I like Miami with with a point.
2: Oh, you do. hmm I just I feel like uh, Miami's scores are. I think Virginia did a great job in perimeter. You know, it could turn Miami interior scores, but. As good as Jakiri is, he's not kind of like the, the go-to scoring presence in the post. You yeah. know, they're not a, they're not kind of like a interior scoring team.
0: If if I can get a psych reading from Angel Rodriguez tomorrow morning and it says that he's he's back to normal self and he's going to bring it, then I'll go Miami because I still don't know if Virginia, despite the improved defense, I still don't know if they're going to handle those highball screens with him because he is shredded. Them in Charlottesville. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. Looking back to looking back at the game in Charlottesville. Him no and, and and Newton.
0: Newton was yeah. Newt, uh, I, he didn't even get rack. injured yesterday. I was gonna say it was A not ditty? only Rodriguez that um, yeah. was
2: great on on the high ball screens. It was all of Miami.
0: But New, Newton's probably not gonna play, right? Didn't he? Was that right? Wasn't he? He was limping off in the Carolina game, right? Looked bad. I mean, I I turned that game off, so I don't know. Um. I I wouldn't bet on this game, but well, uh, if news comes out about Newton,
2: that'll certainly affect the line.
0: Yeah, I I think that's I think that's a thing. I'm going to go Virginia because of that. Okay, Tuesday, quickly, Clemson, Georgia Tech. Do we have a projected line at all? Yeah. Or we could go Virginia Tech at Boston College. What do you think that is? Virginia Tech minus seven on the road. Is that possible?
1: BC's best chance at a. Out of I, think this year. I
0: think it's going to be
2: Virginia Tech uh, five point favorites against Boston College.
0: That looks good to me.
2: I think you got to take Virginia Tech. I would. I've been saying that I like Virginia Tech all season, and people have been laughing at me. But I, I mean,
0: and, okay, fine. The other game, I don't care what the line is. I'm taking Georgia Tech at home against Clemson because Georgia Tech they do bring it at home. It's a trend.
2: Georgia, and Georgia Tech will be uh, three point favorites.
0: I'll take it. Yeah, but they do always play close games. It's like a possession every time. Yeah, it's, it's the only thing that would. Pretty can. amazing. Wednesday, and then I think uh, we'll just bookend it after this Wednesday slate. Number eighteen, Louisville at Pitt. So Pitt is cards, favorite. cards going to I mean, the zoo. Me, Louisville
2: is two point favorites, probably.
0: Well, all things considered, I think Pitt might be an, a decent matchup for Louisville at least offensively. They. Should, shoot a lot of jump shots. They shoot yeah, mid-range I, jump shots. You can get that on Louisville. You can mm-hmm. get that. I think... the shots on Louisville.
2: Despite Louisville's, Louisville's troubles on the road, they play much better at home. I'm going to go with Louisville here, even giving it two points. I just think that... uh, I, I... Pitt's offense... I mean, Pitt's defense, excuse me, it just not has not been the good, traditional Jamie Dixon defense this year. And I... Feel like Louisville's offense. Their problem has not been really getting stopped by defensive by defenses. It's been getting open looks and just missing them all the time. And oh. I, at some point, they have to, you know, regress or come back up to the shooting percentages I expect from them. So I'm going to take Louisville. These
0: are tough. I don't know if there's any right player answer on, on the majority of these games, Guthrie. Yeah, I, I like
1: Louisville as well. Um, I think they're they're playing really well as of late. Uh, especially offensively.
0: I'll take Pitt at home. All right, number five, at least for now, while we're taping this on a Sunday, that'll change tomorrow, North Carolina at NC State. Second meeting yeah. between these two teams when they first met, all I remember was that NC State had lead at halftime, and then it disappeared, and they lost by, like, 15.
2: <laughs> well, uh, it's in Raleigh, and um in C we are projecting as a six-point favorite.
0: Oof. Nah, North Carolina, I'll take North Carolina.
2: It doesn't it doesn't seem like enough points. Yeah. Yeah, I, that,
0: that really doesn't.
2: So As we do have one I, consensus.
0: Good. Yeah. It's our one consensus pick. so and that, far.
2: that guarantees that NC State will win that game. <laughs> yeah. now oh, right. going, <laughs> UNC. Yeah.
0: Sorry, North Carolina fans. We just jinxed you. Finally, number nineteen Notre Dame at Wake Forest. The Demon Deacons put the hurting on BC. Mm. Right before we went on air. Mm. What was the score at one point? I saw it at 20 to 2. What did you guys see? I saw then? it at
1: 31 4 is when I
0: turned it on. I was going to say, it got up to like
2: 30, 35 to 7. 40, or
0: 41
2: 14
1: like. at half. I think they ended yeah. Eli up Eli Carter by, hit, a, hit a half court shot to make it
0: 14. I think they ended up winning by like 24 or 27. Yeah. What, what do we project Yikes. this, Taylor?
2: Uh, we are projecting Notre Dame as a six point favorite <sighs> in Winston-Salem. This is tough. It's 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 a tough one.
0: Have I picked a dog Jeffrey, yet? I don't Jeffrey, think I picked. What a... do we
2: say? What do we say about Brian Crawford?
1: Oh yeah, our, Brian Crawford, the uh, most <laughs> underrated freshman guard in the ACC. In the ACC. Yeah.
2: That's
0: great. Right. <laughs> Stitch that on a pillow. A really, a really big pillow. All right, I haven't picked a dog yet, so I'm going to go with the home dog here, Wake Forest. That's probably... Uh, yeah. No, actually, I took Pitt. That's not true. I took Pitt. Another home dog. Mm. I like home dogs.
1: I like Notre Dame a lot. Uh, I think it's going to be. I mean, yeah, I yeah Notre Dame. Whatever Notre Dame.
2: <laughs> yeah, I will. It concerns me that it's uh, in Winston Salem. I think that's going to help Wake. Mm. Mm. Um,
0: it's been a house of horrors, man. They got two wins this year in the ACC. Yeah, I. Uh, I, I <laughs> No, Devin I'm, Thomas. Also, right? He's he's done. Right? Maybe that's a good thing. I mean, they look, I guess, <laughs> they were playing Boston College.
2: I'm I'm going to go with Notre Dame Boston just College. because I don't I don't trust uh, Wake Forest offense to take advantage of Notre Dame's atrocious uh, defense enough. But I think Notre Dame will go score enough to cover this. I'm going to go with the fight in Irish.
0: Fair enough. That's it. That's our show. That's our podcast for this February twenty first. Thank you for listening. If you want to subscribe, you can check us out on iTunes. Also, pretty much any kind of podcast, Podbean, any kind of podcast platform out there, you should be able to find us, especially if you just type in ACC. We're generally the first result to pop up, but you should know this if you're listening right now, but refer a friend, and you can also follow us on Twitter where we have a very small horde of followers. So check us out there. We're at ACCBballDGens, and you can also email us at ACCBballDGens at gmail.com. And Taylor, I'm sure you have a a few more plugs that we need to get out there.
2: Uh, Do we? I don't know. Find us on Facebook and please come review us on the iTunes store. Um, We really appreciate any and all feedback, so subscribe (laughs) and give us a
0: review. Had some good feedback recently.
2: That's right. We we really enjoy it.
0: Had the best three-star review I've ever had in my life. (laughs) Anyway, on that note, so long, guys. Uh, We'll catch you next time.